0: Hi, church, it is a great privilege to um, continue our Thessalonians series and we are at the end. Um, so as if you're following SIBKL, we're, we, we've touched 1 Thessalonians and we're at 2 Thessalonians. And today we, we land at chapter 3, which is the end of 2 Thessalonians. And before I go into my sermon, allow me to read scripture with you and I will invite you to join me as it comes up on the screen. Um, in scripture reading. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, I believe that verses 1 to 5 has been covered very excellently by Pastor Jeremy in our first and second services. So I won't be covering that much of on 1 to 5 today. I encourage you to go and catch his sermon because I heard it and it's great. But today I wanna I want to focus more on verses 6 to 15. So I'm going to read it and I welcome you to read it with me. 1, 2, 3, verse 6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you brothers, never tire of doing what is right. If anyone does not obey our instruction in the letter, take special note of him, do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed, yet do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now, this is a very interesting uh, uh, piece of scripture, especially when it comes at the end of Thessalonians. And there's a lot to say about this, but today, I have a specific word that I want to bring um, to you, uh, S-I-B-K-L, out church, and I... I've been praying a lot about this, and I named uh, uh, my sermon "Overcoming the Spirit of End Times." Overcoming the Spirit of End Times. I really want us to understand how does all this fit in the Book of Second Thessalonians. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell a long story in my in my preaching today, all the way from chapter one all the way to chapter three, and I hope you can see the link and the whole overarching big picture of this book. You see, what is the spirit of end times? You know, last week we heard uh, Pastor Chu said that the, the spirit of the Antichrist is already in this world. Now, we don't know and we don't need to speculate whether the actual person of the Antichrist is already in this world, but what we do know and what we can see and uh, read from the Bible and tell certain signs that the spirit of Antichrist is already here. Now, what is this spirit? How do we know uh, specifically that that uh, to identify what this spirit is? And it's, I, I thought it was very interesting how Paul um, wrote this whole book. So let me walk you through it. Now, see in chapter 1. What is Chapter One all about? If you if you rewind two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Lee Chu and of course my wife Kim, they, uh, they spoke about the persecuted church. They spoke about persevering and praying. But what is the spirit that we need to persevere against and to pray into? The spirit is faithlessness. You see, one of the strong spirit that we can see work in the end times is when there is faithlessness amongst the people and maybe even faithlessness amongst the church. You see, faithlessness says that there is no God. Now, I don't want to go into specific examples, but I want you to think for yourself, have you heard news? Have you heard pockets of people uh, that that are preaching that there is no God in this world today? You see, very ironically, that when times are good, when everything is going well, when your health is good, your wealth is good, then you say, what? Why should there be a God? You know, everything is going well for me. So there is no God. But when, when there's hardships, like perhaps this year, there's hardships, there's persecution, and, and, and we're in lockdown, and we're not too sure. That our health is in trouble. Our wealth is in trouble. Then again, we cry, well, if there is a God, then he must be an evil God. There is, this is a bad God. So either way, there is no winning. There's faithlessness. The spirit of faithlessness begins to take over. And that's the whole of chapter one. Then, very interestingly, Paul moves to chapter 2. And what is the spirit in chapter 2? Now, last week, Pastor Chew and, of course, Pastor Sam Kyung spoke about the spirit of lawlessness, right? That there is no law, right? That there is no right and there is no wrong in this world. And we can see pockets of movements in this world that whatever is wrong, people say, that's right. Whatever is right, uh, people say, well, that's wrong. Right? There's, there's fake news and there's con- controversies and there's conspiracies that are plaguing our internet every single day, hitting us, and we, we have to siphon through what's, what's, what's real and what's not. And, the, and that's, it's the spirit of lawlessness that begins to sip, seep in. Now we move to chapter 3. And very interestingly, in chapter 3, it's the spirit of what I call the spirit of disruptiveness. So there's a spirit of faithlessness, there's a the spirit of lawlessness. Then there's a the spirit of destructiveness. Now, why do I use the word destructiveness instead of idleness? And here, here I move to explain what does verses 6 to 15 really mean. I want to point us out to one word. See, verses 6 and, and three times is mentioned in this chapter. Um, ver, uh, in verse 4 and verse 6 and later on, it says, Paul says, we command you. He specifically uses the word command. It's all the Thessalonians, actually. Why does he use the word command? It's such a strong word, right? It's not a suggestion. It is not a proposition. It's a command. Now, command in the Greek is to order. And it's used in the military, which means there is a rank. That means who commands you? And it's very clear that the Lord Jesus Christ, your kurios, your master, your Lord and King, He commands you to do a lot of things in the book of Thessalonians, right? So there is a command, there is an order that goes out. And it's quite clear that if we follow Jesus, we fall under His command and we are called to obey, to obey that command. But then you ask, what is that command? Very interestingly, in verse 6, it continues to say, to, the command is to keep away. From every brother who is idol. Now, here, I want to I wanna introduce the Greek word to the word idol. Very interestingly, uh, the, the Bible translator translates the Greek word at, at, atos into the word idol. But in the Greek, it, it's a far richer word. And in the Greek, this word is used again in the military. it it refers to a soldier that has broken rank from the garrison. A soldier that has broken rank from his commanding officers. It it means that uh, the unit is disordered. There is is no law. There is no order in the person or in that unit. Uh, uh, The unit is out of of rank. Uh, There is no more fulfillment of of this person's divine duty, there is no discipline and there is irresponsibility in this person. And that's the word atatos. And that's the word translated into idol, but I prefer to use disruptiveness. And there are certain translations that says idleness and disruption. And I believe the word disruption is a lot more apt here to describe what we're going through. Now, before I move on, I must say that the word idol, especially in a season such as this, may give off the wrong connotation because I understand and I sympathize and I empathize that there are a lot of people that that have lost their jobs and lost their livelihoods. And because of unemployment, you're looking for jobs, but meanwhile, you're sitting at home. Now, I want to be very clear that the Bible is not referring to people who are unemployed looking for jobs. The Bible is specifically referring to people who are purposely being destructive in the church. You are purposely, intentionally being destructive. Now, why do I say that this is a spirit? This could be a character flaw. This could just be a personality issue. But why do I specifically say this is a spirit? Hear me out. You see, there is a a train of thought in the whole book of 2 Thessalonians. When you look at chapter 1 and there is faithlessness, the whole idea around faithlessness says that there is no God. Now what happens if there is no God, there is no higher power, there is no commander in chief, there is no father in heaven that breathes life into us? It goes to show that, that, that we are not made of God, that, that there is no higher purpose, higher calling, there is no higher uh, uh, reason why we are called into this world because there is no God, which then leads to chapter two. No God, no purpose, no purpose, no calling, which leads to chapter two, the spirit of lawlessness taken. If there is no God, there is no truth. Am I right? There is no right, no wrong, because only God, the creator of the universe, including us, have the right to say, this is right, this is wrong. When you trespass his divine law, you have sinned against God. If there is no God, There is no law, and the spirit of lawlessness takes over. We say, what is wrong becomes right. What is right becomes wrong, and we challenge everything that goes on, which then leads to the spirit of destructiveness. Now, what happens if there is no accountability to a God? What happens if there's no restraint from a law that holds you? Then every man is for himself then there is only selfishness that takes over. There is no more selflessness to do good for people, to come under the law and order of God. There is only selflessness. And then I go, why should I work? Why should I be a father? Why do I even need to get married? Why do I have to get children? Why do I have to obey societal laws? Why do I have to go to church? Everything comes into question. And your life is purposeless, meaningless, which then leads to the only purpose, which is to disrupt everything that goes on. Now, Paul is not talking about society. Now, here Paul is talking about the church, that the people in church, where the spirit of disruptiveness takes over and, and, and you've got nothing else to do but to be busy bodies. That's why Paul says, you're not busy with, with doing God's work. You're not busy with spreading the gospel. You're instead busy bodies. All you're doing is sowing dissension. All you're doing is criticizing everything what people are doing. The church is not doing good enough. The church is not doing this. Now, it's okay to ask, what is the church doing in this time? That's all right. As long as you're not doing it to criticize, to sow dissension, to argue. When the church says, let's do A, God called us to do A. You say, no, I want to do B, C, D, E, F, G. When the, when the church says, let's read and let's, let's talk about end times, let's read the book of Revelations, let's study together, you say, nope, let's not read the word of God. Now, that's the spirit of dissension. And all you're doing is you're spreading lies and you're spreading gossip. That's exactly what Paul is talking about. And that is exactly what we need to guard our heart against. Do you see where I'm coming from? Now, you ask me, what is the purpose the spirit of destructiveness. I believe the whole purpose of this spirit is to tire those who are doing good. Why do I say that? Verse 13, verse 13 says, and as for you brothers, never tire of doing what is right. Never tire from doing good. And here Paul talks about giving to the poor. Here, Paul talks about doing good for the community. Here, Paul talks about doing good work with your hand. And Paul says, never tire from doing what is right and what is good. Why did he put verse 13 in the middle of all this? Because the spirit of disruptiveness is here to discourage everybody from doing good, to discourage all those who believe in Jesus Christ, who wants to spread the gospel, who wants to do good works, Disruptiveness says, ah, pointless. We want to do good works with our hands. What's the point? You know, we want to feed the poor. The poor is gonna always gonna be poor. What's the point of feeding the poor? It will always be poor. What's the point? So every time the church wants to do something good, this spirit comes up against it to discourage, to sow discord, to sow dissension, and ultimately, hope, their hope, is so that the church would break apart and break. Away. And today, I want to encourage you, guard your hearts against every discouragement that come up against you. Even though life may throw you stones, guard your heart. And the way to do it is pray, persevere, stand firm on the word. And that's how we guard our hearts and never tire from doing good. Now, I want to focus on this verse 13. What does it mean, never tire from doing good? See, doing good in the Greek says, act uprightly to do well. It is the same word that says, when, when you go and see Jesus and Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. And God is saying, you have done well. You have acted uprightly. And I, I, I long to hear my Father in heaven say that about me. Son, you, you have done well. You have acted uprightly according to the ways of God. That's doing good. Now, what is tire? Tire is to lose hope, to be exhausted, to lose faith, to lose sight of what is good. And I want to encourage you today if you've pray prayed and prayed, and somehow things are getting worse and worse, don't lose heart. Don't lose sight of why we're praying. If you're doing good for the community and and you find that the the, the plea from the people, the community is getting more and more and, and the more you do, it's an endless plea. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Don't tire from doing good. Renew our joy and our strength in Jesus Christ because doing good comes from God that the spirit and the heart of God is to bless, it is to to pray into the the atmosphere, it to bless the community. And we don't do it from our own strength. We don't give in to the spirit that come up against us. Instead, we yield to the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and say we will continue to press on. We will persevere in doing good works. Now you ask, Pastor, what works are we doing that is good? What is SIBKL doing to help the community? That's an excellent question, a very, very apt question for a season time as this. And if you would permit me, I would like to spend the last 10 to 15 minutes just telling us all the things that we are trying to do to help. And I want to call for you to join me. So here's the here's, here are some of the things. Now we can't do everything in the world, okay? But here are some of the things that we want to do good and I really hope that this will encourage you. That I hope that if you feel a, a sense of despair, a sense of hopelessness, I pray that this will encourage you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, we we have a, a community an uh, 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 arm called uh, Yayasan Generasi Gemilang. And I just want to tell a little bit that they usually go into schools to help the low-income families. But in, in, of course in FMCO or EMCO, what they have done is they are giving food packages to 700 families for low-income families so that the children the, the, the children who goes to online school have something to eat. And on top of that, they're also giving nutritional food packaging to 150 families every single week so that they have something to eat, sometimes every single day. And I want to say, wow, well done. I mean, they're doing such a marvelous job. And of course, the needs will expand. And this is just one of the things that Generasi Gemilang is doing, all right? I want to move on to say, uh, look, SIBKL is also partnering with an organization called Crest. So it, it's going to come up. Uh, it's a crisis relief, and this uh, work by Crest is in collaboration with KVPF, uh, the Klang uh, Valley Pastors Fellowship, and NECF, right? Um, uh, the National Evangelistic Christian uh, Fellowship, and and with the collaboration of all these churches, including ours, we are supporting this movement called Crest. What what they're doing is that they are. Coming up and transforming a hotel into a quarantine temporary quarantine center for low-income families. Not just for the sick, but also to care for their families. And it's such an amazing work they're doing, but the, the logistics is immense, right? And they're calling for volunteers, and now we're calling for volunteers as well. Whether medical or non-medical, we need your help. And of course, in EMCO, it's all uh some of it can be done from home, some of it requires us to go out. And of course, there's a permit, but we need volunteers in the call center, we need volunteers in transportation, in, in reporting, in news, in FMB, in King. There's many, many uh, uh areas that we can volunteer. But if you are interested and if you are called to help the community, will you join our What's, SIBKL Crest WhatsApp chat group here in the link below? And Pastor Sam Kyung, who is the champion for this project, he will, with CREST, help all our volunteers exactly what to do, how to do it, and there will be a briefing. So if this moves you, if this is your field of expertise, can I call you to join our volunteer? Now, there is another arm in, in SIBKL called our Life Sunway Mask Life Community Center. It is based in, in Sunway Mask. And I don't want to go so much into it, but they're helping three big areas and three big compounds, migrant and local families, families that have lost jobs and they really need food aid. They're going in and they're blessing the local communities. I want to say, and I don't want to say so much into this because next week, Pastor Gilbert is going to tell us all about our live community center and how we can partner with them to help our community. So stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. But in addition to our LCC projects, we also had our Bless project and if I could if I could spill some of the beans to excite you, we have our community aid program. Now, Pastor Jeffrey next week, part of our community weekend, he's going to launch it and he's going to tell us how we can partner with BLESS or our our community aid program to go into certain uh, areas to help out and to volunteer. So stay tuned for his message next week because next week is our community weekend. I want to encourage you to tune in as well. Now, in addition to all that, I'm sorry, it's taking up a lot of time, but there's a lot of things that we're trying to do to help. Right. In addition to that, of course, the young adults in SIBKL we've learned something called workplace opportunities where, where if you are looking for jobs, so not just a temporarily, but you're looking for a job and you want to say, Hey, Where can I apply for jobs? I want to encourage you to log in into our SIBKL Young Adults Instagram or Facebook uh, because we are putting up job uh, uh, openings there or services openings there. And if you're looking for jobs, come and join us. If you are an employer in the church and you want to advertise your jobs to our young adults to apply, can you just write to myself in this email below and I I will let you know how you can be part Uh, to help our young adults and, of course, our church community. So join us in that project. It is so exciting. You know, before I I continue, I want to say young adults in SIBKL or even any young adults that you're listening in today, I want you to stay tuned to our Young Adults YouTube, SIBKL Young Adults YouTube channel, because I'm going to launch something that all young adults, we can mobilize in cells to reach out to the community. Can I just excite you? Can you be, can you be part of this project to do something for our community? So stay tuned for this week or next week for the launch. But I'm going to continue to say, do you know, we're also helping a lot of the families. I know the, the, the question is, should we do food banks? Should we, should we open up, uh, 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 this and that? Can we do something? But what we are doing is we're doing a targeted food aid. A lot of our aids are targeted to families that we know need it the most. And in our Orang Asal ministry and our BM Church ministry, are about we are reaching out to 29 villages. Here are some of the pictures that will come up. 29 villages, 1,500 plus families that have lost their jobs for quite some time, and they have mouths to feed, their families to feed. And 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 what we're doing is we've got some food aid and we are targeting each family by their address and we go into their homes and we pass it to them. You know, I truly believe that when we do it for the least of this, these, Scripture says, we do it unto Jesus. That we don't do it for our glory or our fame. We don't do it so that we are known and be popular We don't do it because to show that, hey, you know, we're amazing. We do it out of the love of Jesus Christ so that his name can be glorified. So we're going into villages and not just the OA and the BM churches. We're also going to local migrant communities on the ground here. I want to just ask, if volunteering your time and energy is something that is not possible in this time, but you have the financial means, only if you have the financial means to give. Can I encourage you to give to our COVID-19 fund? And through this fund that is going to come up on the screen, and after this service, it will display uh, on our screen for quite some time so that you have time to take, its, uh, to take out details on how to give. If you have the financial means, could you give? Because we have about five to six different areas on how we use these funds to help our people, to help the communities, to help the low-income families. And we're, we're going in. So we not only need to help, uh, uh, manpower, but if financially, we need your help as well. Will you give? Do you know, um, it is in the last three weeks or four weeks, all the way up to even today, I have been receiving messages and I've been reading stories and news that have absolutely broken my heart. And sometimes it's easy for us. It's easy for us as a family or a church body to say, look, we read about this news every day. Sometimes so much so that we get desensitized to it. Oh, okay, another family that needs help. But I want to encourage you. It's not just another family. It's, it's, it's a human being breathed by God life and the spirit into the human being that carries the image of God that needs our help. One story that, that broke my heart uh, just this week alone is, you know, because I have two young kids, when I when I see stories of uh, parents that have run out of money to buy milk powder to feed their babies, and all they can afford is just water uh, to feed their babies, it really breaks my heart. And I think that was the threshold for me to say, let's we must, we must do something. We must to help people in times like these. I'm going to come back to the very beginning. But you ask me, Pastor, these are just the spirit of end times. How do we overcome? How do we overcome? Here are three ways. Very quickly, in concluding my message. Number one, in the spirit of faithlessness, it is stated, we overcome by prayer and perseverance. By the love of God, through prayer and perseverance. And I want to encourage you, doing good in a season like this is not only just, of course, it's good to give uh, 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 the work of our hands to help our community. That's great. But prayer is also important to fight back the spirit of end times. And I want to call all of you, stay tuned And SIPKL. We're going to go into the 40 days fast and pray. I'm going to encourage you to join us In the month of August, in our 40 days fast and pray. But right now, we've got our prayer altars. We've got our firewall. Will you join us in praying for the nation, in praying for the churches, in praying for the communities? Prayer and perseverance break the spirit of faithlessness. Point two, the spirit of lawlessness. It is so clear in chapter two. To break this spirit, to overcome, it is to stand firm in the teaching and the truths of God. That is so important. That builds the foundation of our faith, the teachings and the truth of God. This scripture. And I want to encourage you, if you if you haven't already, oh, Pastor Chu is doing a teaching on revelations, the end times. That is the truth, biblical truth. We're, we're going to open the book of Daniel. I encourage you to join us in studying biblical truth. But if not, uh, join us in our weekend services. Every weekend, we have... Two sermons or maybe one sermon about the truth of God's word. And I pray that you anchor yourself in God's truth. That's how we overcome prayer, truth. Third point, how do we overcome the spirit of destructiveness? When we align ourselves to God in prayer, when we build our foundation on God's truth, then we are empowered to do good works with our hands. We are empowered and imbued with the love of God the strength of God in us, even though in our flesh and in our bodies, we we don't have that strength. We don't have that love for community, but with God on our side, the spirit of God that lives in us, we have that love to go into the communities and do good works with our hands, to say that world, world, that there is a God and you need to hear the gospel and to hear it, You need to see the good works that God wants to bless you. And in these three ways, I believe as a church, as IBKL, we can overcome. We are overcomers. And together, we will overcome. That's our theme for 2021. Together, we overcome. Together. We contend as one man against the spirit of the end times. Together, we will reach out to the community to do good works. Church, will you join us? Will you join us? I'm very aware that not everybody can give financially and perhaps manpower. I'm also aware that perhaps in those season you cannot give manpower. Then it's all right. We're here to pray with you and I encourage you to pray along with us. In closing, I'd like to pray the 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3 prayer, and I wanna pray for you. I wanna use the words of scripture to pray for you. So if you feel like this message have pricked you and touched you in your heart and in your spirit and in your soul, will you just raise your hands to heaven and receive this 2nd Thessalonians 3 prayer as I pray, that God will empower you to overcome by prayer, perseverance, teachings, the truth, and good works. Join me in prayer. Would you raise your hands? Finally, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that God will empower you to spread the word of God and to spread the gospel and may the gospel be honored in your life. I pray that you will be delivered from wicked and the evil schemes of the evil one. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ will be faithful to you and he will strengthen and protect you from the schemes of evil and the evil one. Verse four, I pray that you will have the confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ of what you are doing now. You will have that confidence and trust in him and you will continue to do the things that God has command of you. Verse five, may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Verse 13, may the Lord your God give you the strength And may you never tire from doing good. And lastly, verse 16. May the Lord of peace give you peace at all times, in every way. If you believe in that prayer, and all people say in the name of Jesus, we all say, Amen. Will you join us in a time of worship? Hallelujah hallelujah what an amazing time of worship father god will you separate us now with your blessing and your love will you shine your face upon us will you watch our going in and our going out thank you lord jesus christ we love you we honor you and we give you all the glory in the name of jesus christ we all say amen amen church I want to thank you so much for joining SIBKL in our weekend services. May the Lord God bless your week ahead. God bless you, church. See you.